The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when His blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in His precious blood, my sin to atone, and I started singing, Touching up and adding to the hallway as necessary. On that end door, as you walk this way, we have the we have uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah, uh, which is Jesus Christ coming the second time. But before the lion of the tribe of Judah come, you have to have the Lamb of God, which is at the bottom there. She painted a sweet little lamb, yearling, which is without spot, no blemish, which was Jesus Christ as he came the first time. The people that saw him the first time will not recognize him the second time as he comes as the lion. Nothing much more diverse than the lion and the lamb. But that's he's coming. And the old, the old prophets of old, they, they, were, they were struggling with the teachings of the Old Testament as in some of it, it describes him as the lion coming. And other parts describe him, Isaiah 53 and such, Isaiah 52 as a suffering servant and the lamb that was to come. They couldn't, if there were two messiahs going to come, not one. Only God could do something so unique that the same person would come in two different forms in two different uh, ways. But that's Jesus Christ. And we're now looking. We're not looking for the Lamb of God. He's come. He's done his work. Now we're looking for the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And he's going to set his feet on the Mount of Olives. He's going to correct a lot of things. Uh, the book of Zechariah chapter uh, 12, chapter 14, through those chapters as you read the book of Zechariah, which is the minor prophets there for many of you, as you read through the Bible in a year, you will go through each of those and be encouraged by what you find. And it'll encourage your soul as you see him and talk about him coming. A lot of the Old Testament is given to the millennium. There's a Bible put out. The last guy, the name of uh, his last name is Jeffrey. Uh, he did a, a great job at identifying the messianic uh, all the Messianic prophecies, all the prophecies, in, fi in fact, of the Bible. They, they say that the Bible is about 30% prophecy. Half of that prophecy has been fulfilled. The other half is not fulfilled. A lot of what I'm speaking about in these last weeks about the millennium is unfulfilled prophecy. People say there was a group of people years ago called amillennialists. They thought the millennium was just symbolic and uh, would be fulfilled by the world getting better and better. That was before World War I, however. And it was real strong before World War I. World War I kind of defeated their whole theory that the, the Christianity would get so uh, 
powerful through the world that it would cause everybody to be better people, more moral, more upright, and a consequent ushering the kingdom. And boy, that sure didn't happen. World War One was supposed to be the war to end all wars, and then World War Two came. It was even bigger than World War One, and uh, who knows about the next war? Uh, the next war, I believe, could be uh, Ezekiel, uh, the Palestinian War, Ezekiel 38, where six out of six sevenths of Russia's armies will be dead on the hills of Israel in that area. And they will bury those dead. Israel will bury them for and burn their weapons for seven years, coincidental to the length of the tribulation period, which they will do that. So the Palestinian War, they believe, is prior to the actual uh, seven-year period of tribulation. And that war then will usher in. The rapture, I believe, will happen. It could be before that, after that, during that, that 75 days there. And Bob Shelton could explain it to you better than I can. And, uh, in fact, Bob is coming down. Bobby's going to be down by the grace of God. And he's going to, I'm going to have him, for, I'm, I've got two or three missionaries coming. i got a full schedule in November. But I'm going to try to work in Bob Shelton uh, at least one or two times. Uh, he's here. He, say, he says he's lucid. Oh, a doctor, I hope he is. And uh, uh, he says he's doing well. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how he preaches. But don't miss those times when old Rob Shelton will be there, real servant of God in the area of prophecy, giving so much time to it. So far, we've talked about, by the way, I want to hear Adam and Sharon sing together again. How about you? Adam and Sharon. Adam, oh, look at that. Adam and Sharon going to sing together for us tonight. Now, she's going like this. Well, anyway, you know what mama wants, mama gets. But anyway, well, I want you two to plan something. I told my one I'm seeing at least once a month. That can be over on Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night is more of an informal. Well, it's okay. Well, no, it ain't okay. All right, well, that's out for Wednesday night. Well, I don't know what I have to do. But, um, how about my Sunday school class? You're teaching? Mm. Not going to work out. All right. <clears throat> So far, we've, we, as I've been going through the Bible, we've taught on the conditions of the millennium, the kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. This whole thing's been about the kingdom of God. The first coming, they thought, the disciples thought, the people around Jesus believed that that was the time when God was going to set up the kingdom we're talking about now. The millennial period, the thousand-year period. In fact, I just read tonight, or this evening, this afternoon, whenever it was, sometime today, uh, I just read, again, uh, about the, um, one of the books of the Apocrypha, uh, the book of Enoch, and the Apocrypha refers to the millennium, and, here, and of course, we do not consider the Apocrypha inspired, but we do consider them historical books with some value, but they're not inspired like the rest. There's, there's just many reasons for that. But nevertheless, they, they refer to the creation being in six days, the book of Enoch. And he says six days creation, and each day being a thousand years, a thousand years being a day, that God's going to let the world exist for 6,000 years. And the seventh day, or the 7,000-year period, will be a day of rest, a day when Christ comes. And, and the, first, the first overwhelming uh, condition of the millennium, and I don't know if that's true, it's a theory, and I don't believe in date setting, but I do believe it's close. And it sounds right with what's happened in the world, the prophecy, that, that it could be at any moment, and I'm ready for it, that the next thousand-year period, I don't think our dates are the same with God's, but the next thousand-year period very well may be the time of Christ's coming. 
There'll be no, there'll be peace. I'll be peace, I'll tell you that. The Prince of Peace is going to bring peace with him. Oh, man, anybody that knows war doesn't want war. Anybody that's had any experience in real war does not want war, does not relish war, and should not glorify war. War is one of some of the worst possible conditions. Sometimes it's necessary. I agree. Sometimes without war, you can never have peace. I hate to hear of these countries that feud for 300 years, don't you? Like over there in, in, in uh, Somalia, and not Somalia, but no, up there in Europe, Eastern Europe. Some of them countries, have, the Muslims and the so-called Greek Orthodox have feuded for 300 years. Man, I mean, they just need to go to an all-out war and somebody win. Because that, that constant feuding is, is horrible. It's horrible to continue on in a warlike or feuding type of an environment. Brother, we need peace. Peace. You can't work without peace. You can't produce without peace. You can't make progress without peace. One of the characteristics of millennium's peace. Second one is joy. Uh, joy is found in Jesus, of course, in serving him. Third one is holiness. We're going to have true holiness, and that's not some sticky old uh, prude that is, that is the beauty of holiness. Holiness is beautiful. What I've learned in life is that things that are of God are pure, and they're beautiful, and they don't have any aftertaste. Sin is like, is like saccharine. It's got a bad aftertaste. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like some of them false sugars. They just don't taste right. Brother, God makes pure cane sugar. God makes honey. Out of the honeycomb. And another one of cane sugar comes from a plant. But anyway, glory. The fourth thing we're going to find in the millennium is glory. Then comfort. Already gone over these already. And justice. Oh, I long for justice, don't you? Heart longs for justice. Uh, a full knowledge. We're talking, last week we ended with full knowledge. Now, tonight we're going to begin with open and free instruction. Open and free instruction. One of the first things... When dictators or communists come in and take over an area and want to impose their will upon a group of people, one of the first things they do is disarm them. Folks, do not be led into the false idea that taking the arms away from law-abiding citizens is going to create a good environment. Actually, it's the opposite. In the countries, in fact, like Australia and other countries in, our, in the world that have disarmed their people, crime has gone up. Because criminals always have weapons because they get them illegally and they're criminals. A peace, a law-abiding citizens, if law says turn them in, most law-abiding citizens, 80%, they say, will turn their weapons in. 20% aren't so law-abiding. But, uh, uh, and, and, and so that's the way you control them. And historically, it's just so. It's just so. It's absolutely that way. That's why our forefathers believed so much that we should bear arms and have the right to bear arms, and it shall not be infringed. Nobody should even come in and restrict my right to bear arms. And if you want to carry a weapon in this service, you're more than welcome to. The law says you can. The state law of Florida, federally, there's no law against it. All I can say is please, please know what you're shooting at. One of, the, one of the things, first things communists do when they come in a country or dictators do when they come in a country is they cut off the teachers. They cut off the preachers. They cut off people that know the Bible and the king influenced people for righteousness. They don't want to do that. And so the first thing they do is kill the preachers or jail the preachers or try to name, not, not name 
not make martyrs out of them, but get rid of the preacher. Get rid of those folks who are the teachers. Get rid of those folks who are instructing people in the right way. That's the way you control things. But praise God, the millennium is going to be the, one of the best. It's going to be the best that's ever happened in this whole world of open and free instruction. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says, It shall come to pass in the last days that at the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. Aren't you a little envious of the apostles? Aren't you a little envious? Wouldn't you like to have been there at the Beatitudes? Wouldn't you like to have sat at the feet of Jesus and heard him teach? Oh, dear one, in the millennium, there's going to be open and free instruction. They're going to be preaching in absolute truth without hindrance, the best you've ever heard, the best you've ever had. And it says, and he, we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Open and full instruction will be a characteristic of the millennium. Isaiah chapter 12 refers to it in verses 3 through 6. It says, Therefore with joy shall you draw out water out of the wells of salvation. In that day you shall say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. That's open and full instruction. Make mention of his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. That's, that's coming up into the millennial period. No one will be shortchanged then. Isaiah chapter 29, 18 says, 18, 19, 20 says, And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book. Boy, on YouTube they got these little clips where they have uh, cochlea implants for people. Some people, they're hearing uh, the anvil and the drum and the little connective tissue in this ear are, are not good, but their cochlea is good. Now, for you people who don't know much about ear anatomy right now, you're completely lost. It's okay. I'm about lost myself. But you have another device inside your ear. It looks like a seashell. Have you ever put your ear into a seashell? But anyway... Uh, <clears throat> And, and it looks like a little seashell. And there's little hairs in there, they tell me, that these little hairs are in liquid. And when the sound comes through the eardrum, through that little process, those three things up there, and it hits that, it, 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 it messes with those little hairs, which are nerve endings, which go to your brain, and your brain interpolates that sound. Now, trust me, it's way more complicated than what I just said. <clears throat> I had an uh, <clears throat> ear, nose, and throat guy who was a specialist that replaced my right eardrum. And he said he had to cut on cadavers for 10 years before they allowed him to cut on a live human being. I said, am I your first? No, I wasn't. But you have to have a first. But he did the surgery while I was awake. I was awake. reason for that is there's so many nerves that go down through that area that he didn't want to. He said, I could cut a nerve and half your face would be numb, half your tongue would be gone. Half, you know, you're going around. He said, and, and he said, so what we do is we go through, and when we're doing surgery, I touch it. And I want to talk to you. And I say, do you feel that? And you answer me, yes. Then he knows that's the nerve, and he doesn't cut it. Good idea, amen. And so he's got me there all tied down to that table, and I can hear him drilling. I didn't know if you, what you learn at church? Your eardrum's inside your skull. I got a doctor here. He can correct me later. But your eardrum's inside your skull. Now, that's God, amen. He protects it. 
So he, he's going with his trill going, just, you ever have you ever two trill on and how that sounds? And that's the way it sounded. And I'm awake and I said, hey, doc, make sure you don't go too deep on that. We're making jokes back and forth because I'm high as a kite. I mean, he's got me pumped up on Valium and some other stuff. I think I smoked a couple joints before I went in there. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I was just high as a kite, man. I mean, they had me all souped up, and I'm in there. And so, and, and I mean, they're talking to the guys. They're going, ear, ear, ear. On YouTube, they have these people that get cochlea implants. And they film the first time they ever heard a sound. Sometimes little small kids, sometimes older adults. And if you haven't gone and seen it, but if you do, you throw your, take your hankies out. Because the first time they hear their mother, or the first time they hear the voice of somebody else, their loved one, or their wife, big old boy, one of them was a big old tough boy, and his wife was there, and she says, he goes, and he just started weeping, just started weeping. And crying the first time he heard his wife's voice, first time he had heard it, heard anything in this life. My brother, in the millennium, there are going to be no deaf people. The deaf are going to hear the words of the Lord. Tonight you're sitting here, think of your privilege tonight. If you can hear the sound of my voice, whether here or over the internet or wherever you're at, if you can hear the sound of my voice, you have been blessed by God. You have been blessed by God, but understand with every blessing comes what? responsibility and accountability and you've been given because you've been given the gift of hearing and you can literally hear the words of God you now are beheld responsible and accountable more than they who have a harder time getting to it there'll be a time oh I like that and that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book the eyes of the blind shall be set out of obscurity and out of darkness I think they even have on YouTube sometimes where they can fix people's eyes where they've not been able to see before. And the first time they see a sunset, the first time they see a flower, they've heard about it, they've talked about it, they've never seen it. Wow. First time they see each other. Praise the Lord. The, the meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to naught, and the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for the iniquity are cut off, that, a man, that make a man an offender for a word, that lay a snare for him, and reproveth in the gate, and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. They're going to be gone. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20 says, And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, ye shall not, ye shall not, Yet shall not thy teachers be removed in a corner any more, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. You're going to have a good, boy, the millennial period will be a time of learning, a time of knowledge, a time of full instruction. And if I may say this, secondly tonight, it'll be a time of no more curse. The curse will be pulled back. Now, the old nature will still be here in, in those that are mortal, but it'll be a time that's never been in time of history. It'll be a time of mortal and immortal living together. Now, the folks in this room, the folks in this room that are saved, you're not going to go into the millennium mortal. You're going to be raptured and be given a body like in his glorious body. You're going into the, into the millennium. I'm going into the millennium. And everybody before us has been born again in Christ or going into the millennium as 
immortal people with never dying bodies like Christ. We'll be given our eternal bodies, which have all kinds of benefits. And we're going to be in the millennial period. You think we're going to be enjoying that time? Woo, doggies, we're going to be enjoying that time. There's good things looking forward to those who will trust God, those who will serve. There'll be no more curse. The earth has been cursed since, since Eve reached out and grabbed the hold of that fruit. And it wasn't then that it started. It was when Adam ate it. Adam was the head of it. And when he decided it was okay and ate it, uh, the curse took place. I don't know if they felt a curse. I don't know if it came on them suddenly. Uh, I think immediately his reasoning was, was uh, flawed. Uh, I mean, think about going and taking leaves and making a bikini. That just don't work out. No, no. And think of, think of them trying to hide from God. That just don't work out. So right away, the reasoning. Here's a man that named all the animals, as I said last week, and remembered them all. See, it'd be one thing. I could name them, but I just couldn't remember what I said. You know. I mean, after a while, maybe I probably couldn't even come up with that many different, different words. My vocabulary is not that big. Vocabulary is not that big. Think of the vocabulary he had. He named the animals. And he could remember their name. Probably photographic memory. She probably had a photographic memory. They had total recall. They were, this bi uh, biology says that we use about 10% of our brain. Uh, some people on this earth, I think, use about 15%. Those are called savants. Those are the people that can do something extraordinary, but then usually another part of their brain is deficient. God takes something away from them as he gives them some fabulous gift in one other area. But boy, think in heaven. God give you 100%? 100% of the, your use of your brain? 100%? You can, everything you see, you remember exactly? Woo! Glory. That'll be good. Maybe I'll remember names then. Genesis, they fell, thorns and thistles shall bring forth unto thee. You'll eat of the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat the bread. You know what I mean by that. We're out there plowing out there, trying to plant your cover. It's a sweat, and you got bugs against you. You got fungus against you. You got weather against you. You got people against you. You got all kinds. You're trying to farm, trying to plant something. You know you got everything. You're running against the current, man. You feel it. You're running against the current. Yet God has had enough mercy to allow us to have some crops come forth to eat. But then, I think the plants will grow like weeds grow today. I, I, years ago, by the grace of God, I had some pavers put in my house. And what I didn't know is that pavers grow weeds better than the rest of the ground. It must be that they hold the moisture and it's cool and, 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 and uh, you know, about two inches of concrete and man, I'm going to tell you, it is that I got an ongoing battle keeping the paper, keeping those papers free of weeds. Why? My wife comes home and says, I don't like that. I don't like that. So I go get the herbicide, put it on there. I've gotten 12-month herbicide. 12-month herbicide lasts a good month, maybe two. <laughs> I fear if a little is good, more is better. No. No. I'm just about ready to get regular full-time salt, just salt the things real good, and then, of course, it'll kill everything that runs off, and that ain't going to work. But, boy, I look at those weeds in admiration and think if we had food crops that grew, grew like those weeds, you don't have to fertilize them, you don't have to water them, you just throw the seeds out there, and they grow, and they grow well. They grow. They don't, have, don't seem like bugs eat them. Don't seem like nothing bothers them. Why? It's a curse. 
How many here been bitten by mosquitoes? The curse. Do you know I read an article and uh, it says more people die worldwide by mosquitoes than all the wars combined because mosquitoes carry so many bad things with them? And then add all the rest of the diseases, and it's amazing. Our population is really growing. It's amazing with all the bad things. But, brother, in the millennium, no more curse. Things are gonna, they would, things are gonna tend to grow, not die. Things are gonna tend to prosper, not not fall back. And that'll be great. Oh, I'm looking forward to Isaiah chapter 11. I've read this before. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion, the fatling together. The little child shall lead them. It'll be a time. Nothing shall destroy, the Bible says in Isaiah 11, in all my holy mountain. And no lion shall be, and no ravenous beast shall go up there upon it, shall not be found there, redeemed shall walk there. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat straw like a bullock. The dust shall be a serpent's meat, and it shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. There'll be no more sickness there. No more sickness. Oh, my. Some of you people haven't been sick. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. I don't wish it on you. I hope you never get sick. I hope you just die of a heart attack in bed in your sleep. I doubt it. But one or two of you in this room may, may be able to be blessed like that, not be sick, not have to go to a doctor, not have any surgery, not ever have, never have spend a night in the hospital. But, brother, I'll guarantee you it's far and few between. Most of us got to go through all kinds of physical F valleys. We got to have things happen to us. And by the way, some of you people, uh, 45 uh, and under or 50 and under, oh, you haven't been sick. You will be. It's coming. I was so cocky. You can't believe that. Forty years old, man. I was cocky. I went into my, went in, I had an eye exam. I did it because I don't know why I did it. My wife said probably I'll get an eye exam or maybe there was some reason why I went in to get an eye exam. And the female doctor and she said, you're going to have glasses at 45. And I said, you don't know what you're talking about. Look at me. I can read right here. I put the book right up to my nose. I said, I can read every little bit of fine print. She goes, yeah. But at 45, you won't. And boy, oh boy, was she smart. At 45, I had to get glasses. I never wore glasses my whole life. Here I got these glasses. These things are, I'm a slave to these things. I take these things off. I can't read. I can't see you. <clears throat> No more sickness. Isaiah 33, 23, inhabitants shall not say I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17 says, For I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee with thy wounds. And the, uh, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, and no man seeketh after. Ezekiel 34, 16 says, I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away. I will bind up that which was broken. I will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed them with judgment. Boy, in the millennial period, we're going to have full knowledge. We're going to have open and free instruction. There'll be no more. There'll be no more curse and no more sickness. Won't that be good? Let me say to you: Are you living for Jesus? Is your heart where it ought to be? Are you truly, honestly seeking God's face day by day as you get up in the morning? Oh, dear one, do it. Do it with all your heart. Seek him with all your heart. Trust in him because there's coming a day 
glorious day that will be when the millennium comes and we can, we can rejoice in an earth. We've not known it. We've not known an earth like that. That'll be new to us. It'll be new to It was like the earth that old, that old Adam and Eve gave up. The Bible calls it the restoration of all things. And for 1,000 years, Christ is going to reign. The end of that thousand-year period, the Bible says, Revelation chapter 20, is going to release Satan. Well, there's going to be a lot of things proven by that. There's going to be children of the saved people, that came, of the, the, the redeemed people that came out of the tribulation period that, that populated that, that area, that, that thousand-year period. And, and there will be, there'll be, I wouldn't doubt in a situation like that, there could be 25, 30 billion, 40 billion people inhabiting this whole world. The Bible said there'll be no more sea. It's going to be completely changed in, in geography of this place. It's going to be productive. I mean, why not? It says a child will die at 100. A guy dies at 100 because considered a child. Man, you can produce a lot of children. You know, I thought about that in Genesis. I mean, you live 900 years, you can produce a lot of kids. Hey, Amen? Let's see, one every year. Well, okay, one every two years. 400 years, produce 200 kids. If the girl lasts, but I mean, they were better off back then. Man, oh man, no wonder, no wonder, it, it was Henry Morris says in his book, and I think it's page, I forgot what page it was, he used to know what page, about 140, 150 in that area, he says they're very close, could have very likely been in, before the flood, 25 billion people in existence. Wouldn't surprise him at all, but they're just an average family, a small family even, and they're way more than that if you go past three children in the family. There'll be no more handicapped, no more handicapped. No more handicapped parking. I'll be glad for that. I get really ticked off when I go up to a place and I got to park way away and there's three empty handicapped spots. Now, you know you get mad about that unless you are got a handicap deal on your back. If you don't have a hand, I went and tried to get one. They wouldn't give me one. I had to gout so bad I couldn't hardly walk 10 feet in agony. And I went in and I tried. I begged two, three doctors to give me a handicap. And they said, is it permanent? I said, sure. They said, you can't have it. It wasn't permanent. They didn't think the gout was permanent because it happened. It, it, it wasn't there every day. I said, man, if you had to walk 10 feet with this when I'm in one of those attacks, you'd give me one of those. Of course, Doc, you weren't here then. I'll give it to you. You'd probably signed it dotted line for me because you're sweet and, and, and reasonable and reasonable. And I, I, I remember pulling up to places, and boy, every, every, every step was like a knife sticking in me. And there'd be them people pull up with them handicap stickers, get out of their car, walk like this. <laughs> Man, take that handicap sticker away from them. I was bitter. I was bitter. I'm, I'm no doubt I was bitter about it. I'll tell you one thing. I remember at Sears, I went up to pick a check years ago. I worked for Sears, and I went in to get a check, and, and all you did was run in there. You said, Bill, I tell the hands you your check, and you left. So I parked a handicap spot, Sears, in Naples Mall. I thought, man, nobody there. There wasn't nobody there. Nobody parked anywhere. I pulled in this plate right up by the door, handicap spot, went in there, got, came back, at a $250 ticket. Oh, brother. You see why I've suffered bitterness. $250. I paid every dime of that. $250. Bucks. $250, brother. 
$250. It was less than five minutes. There'd be no handicap. There'd be no blind, no lame. Boy, it's going to be a good time. It says Micah 4, 6 says, In that day saith the Lord, I will assemble her that holdeth, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that is afflicted. And I will make her that holdeth a remnant, and her that was cast far off a strong nation. And the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. Zephaniah three nineteen says, Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee. I will save her that halteth, and gather her that is driven out, and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. Oh, day that will be when Jesus we shall see. Father, help us tonight not to be discouraged at the length of time of some of the suffering that we may go through in this old world. Let's not be discouraged by the length of the trial, the depth of the trial, but let us lift up our eyes unto whom our redemption comes. Lift our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And Father, help us to keep focused clearly on the God of all that is and that this is a temporary position and place we've been put in and we're tested now. We're, we're tried now. We have pain now. We struggle now. But that will not be the way it is in the future. God will deliver us as he said he would through Christ Jesus. If you know not Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you cannot say tonight, I know, I know. Then why don't you come and let us talk to you about the gospel, simply explain the truth to you, and be able to say, this is the way, walk in it. Father, come, encourage us, help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saves